is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The bridges on mine, see minions roll by, the bridges fall down, and so do my dreams. Boy, you hear me calling your name. Gregory Porter with Don't Lose Your Steam, a brilliant way to start the programme here on Jazz Room. Good morning, it's me, Elliot Moss, and this is Jazz Shapers. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul, and we put them alongside their equivalents in the world of business, and we call those people business shapers. I'm very pleased to say that my business shaper today is Martin Watts. He's the co-founder of a business called Seller Trends, and they are an independent wine and spirits distributor. The brand's behind them you will know very well they have included Aperol, Jägermeister, they do include Sambuca. It's going to be a bit of a treat hearing about how Martin's business has developed. In addition to hearing from Martin shortly, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea, some words of advice for your business. And on top of that of course we've got some fantastic music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul including Avishai Cohen, Candace Springs Ibrahim Malouf and this from the one and only Chet Baker. The more I see you, the more I want you. Somehow this feeling just grows and grows with every sigh I become more. That was Chet Baker with The More I See You, and we promise you some shapers, and that's one of them. That was originally recorded in 1958, for those of you that would like to know. Martin Watts is my business shaper here on Jazz Shapers, and as I said, he's the co founder, and now he's called a director. I love these titles. You can make up whatever you like when it's your company. Uh, director of Seller Trends, and Seller Trends, as I said, are an independent distributor of wines and spirits, and I mentioned a few of the famous spirits one of which I have had relationship with in the past, called Jägermeister, but we won't go there right now. Martin, thank you very much for joining me. Your business is 15 years or 16 years old now, but tell me how it it, it evolved. That You were a corporate man before. You worked in massive companies like Beecham. I think it was called Beecham then, and I I read a bit about um, uh, that business going up against Procter & Gamble and other great beer moths of the FMCG world. Tell me how you evolved into thinking, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. How did that happen? I think it was all about being able to see an opportunity at the time. Um, And opportunities evolve, they flow. The the whole of the drinks industry, which I'd spent 10 years in already, had um, uh, changed dramatically with distributors being absorbed by the major um, uh, large companies in the business. Leaving a leaving a gap in the marketplace, um, we identified that gap. Um, we worked with one particular company initially, Luxardo Zambuca, um, who were looking for a distributor. And as soon as we set up, people started coming to us. Um, business came to us rather than us going to it, which mm. was very uh, exciting. And now we, we grew grew dramatically at those in those early days. Now, that explanation makes perfect sense. Strategic businessman in front of me here has grown a business. We've now, you now employ about 80 people, turnover of north of £35 million. 
the emotion behind that, though, I imagine at the time, I, one always people will say to me, well, "Yes, well, there was the, that was the gap." But what about the feeling of being your own boss, having been inside a pretty big corporate place before? Was there any sense of trepidation? Yes and no. yes and no. I think the um, my corporate experience um, uh, was really built as a uh, export manager in the days when um, mobile phones and uh, uh, emails didn't exist and I was sent out into pl- parts of the world where communication wasn't very easy and where you had to make decisions on the hoof um, and go back to uh, the office and justify them um, and say yeah I've taken that decision because I thought that was the right thing to do um, basically hire me or fire me um, and I think that uh, uh, ability to make decisions without necessarily going through the corporate network um, was was significant, even though you knew you had the corporate network backing you up with the powerful brands which they had. Stay with me to find out how the story evolves with Martin Watts, my business shaper uh, and co-founder of Seller Trends, making decisions on the hoof. Sounds like a very good place to begin if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Time for some more music. One of my favourites from the last few years is Ibrahim Malouf and Essential. A big one there uh, from Ibrahim Malouf. It's called Essential, in case you didn't know. Martin Watts is my business shaper, and we've been talking about making decisions on the hoof and how that helped him decide to set up a business, or identify an opportunity. That's the strategic part. But the sense that he could do it because he'd been doing it for years in terms of making decisions without necessarily all that structure, as you said, around you. Um, so you, you make that decision, Martin, and, and it sounds like very quickly things were successful. Did you ever think it wouldn't be successful? Uh, certainly at one stage we had under not a finance man but uh, we'd underestimated as the business grew the amount of cash we needed um, the more business grew the more the more stock we had to have the more fo- stock needed to be financed and at that stage we we struggled a bit for uh, uh, whether we would survive because we just simply ha- didn't have enough cash in the business and how did you resolve that um, with a very friendly bank manager and that, and that makes I mean you, many people talk to me about this as well the nature of the relationship with money and you obviously had your friendly bank manager let's pretend now for a moment you're setting this business up today I'd still I'd still go and look at invoice financing as a way of uh, a tool of financing the business mm. um, if you know you can sell invoice financing can give you the cash flow you need um, yes it comes with handcuffs tied to it but um, uh, and certainly for a significant period of time uh, the bank had more a share of my house than I would really want them to have mm. um, but uh, um, yeah if you've got a proposition and you, you're convinced that you can sell then the banks will come with you now a lot of what you've done with distribu- distribution is kind of it's the I think of it as the plumbing of the industry because suddenly people are drinking Jägermeister but it wasn't suddenly suddenly people are drinking Sambuca how did you you obviously got a great feel for the business but how did you know what to do with those brands because they weren't famous 15 years ago 
I think that I think the the skill is following the consumer. Um, we're consumer marketeers. Um, the, the whole of our team build brands. Um, we don't just um, import and, and put them on the back of a lorry. We build brands. We're marketing people. Um, and it's finding the right uh, method of talking to the right consumer in the right place. Um, so uh, um, without big budgets, we weren't able to go and spend money on um, uh, massive TV, radio campaigns. Um, but the, the secret of it is putting liquid on lips and in a manner and style in which people can, uh, can remember and recall when they go home or when they go into the drink location next time out. So experiential marketing is a key tool. Uh, we were probably the, well, we were the first uh, uh, drinks company to have our own in-house uh, promotion experiential marketing team um, you know, taking uh, Luxardo Zambuca to the to the streets Luxardo Zambuca was previously a digestive product drunk in Italian restaurants um, we took it into the uh, uh, main bars as a shot drink um, we were the first people to do that and we revolutionised the Zambuca market and boy, do most of us know some evenings where we have indeed enjoyed a little bit too much Sambuca. Not that I recommend that, obviously. Latest travel will come up in a couple of minutes. Um, before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondorea for your business. And after that, much more from Martin Watts, my business shaper. I'm Daniel Farrandheim, an associate in the planning group at Mishkondorea, part of the wider real estate department. You may find as a, uh, as a business or as a small business or if your business grows that um, you're having problems finding accommodation. This may be partly in due to the fact that permission has been given nationwide with a few minor exceptions uh, to allow officers to be converted to residential. An awful lot of office stock, therefore, is being converted to much more valuable uses for owners. That causes big problems for those who want to occupy small Units, because those are the ones that are clear targets for the exercise of this right. There is some hope on the horizon, however. Uh, we've been engaged with a few clients uh, on large mixed-use development schemes who have either offered or have been asked to provide starter units for commercial occupiers, um, be they tech startup industries or, or just small office or retail units. This is almost the equivalent of affordable housing for the residential sphere, where uh, in granting permission for housing development, a local authority might insist that some of those are made available to uh, those who can't afford to occupy it on the open market. A similar sort of concept of affordable commercial units is gaining more ground and is worth investigating. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning I meet and talk and hopefully elicit great insight from um, the people that I, I speak to and they are my business shapers. And if you've missed any in the last few years, and we've been going a few years now, go into iTunes and you can find some there. Or British Airways, if you're flying on BA in the near future, then please do tune in to some of the, the great interviews that we've done uh, here on Jazz Shapers. Martin Watts is my business shaper today. He's the director of Seller Trends and also the co-founder a business that has helped bring the delights of Sambuca to a new audience, the delights of Jägermeister to a new audience, and still uh, helping us drink lovely wine, the Fastino Riojas, um, just to mention one currently. When you built that business, Martin, right back in, in, in the beginning, 
I imagine that the team you assembled, the initial team, was critical to your success. How did you go about finding the right people? Um, again, I think we were we were fortunate. Um, as I said previously, that the industry had gone through a, uh, a spell of consolidation, and therefore there were a number of um, uh, good quality salespeople and marketing people who were uh, out of work looking for, looking for jobs. And those salespeople tended to be older rather than younger um, because the, the natural uh, uh, tendency would be to get rid of your older staff if you were downsizing because they're the more expensive ones to, to downsize with. Um, it's a bit ages, ageist, but you know that was a fact of life. Um, and those older staff were having more difficulty finding other employment. So when we came along and said to people with drinks experience we'd like you to work with us, you know, they fell into our arms because that was the, the right thing to do. And we were able to simply hand them a set of car keys and the product brochure and say, go out and do it, because they knew what to do. Mm. Um, when we started, we there were only seven of us in the business. Um, uh, of those seven, um, only one has very recently uh, resigned, um, uh, or retired. And uh, we we were known in the business as the Magnificent Seven um, <laughs> for obvious reasons, for obvious. but we built a bit of a legend around that. But the you strike me as incredibly calm, um, and yet you're in quite an excitable business. How would your team describe your management style? Would they say, "Oh, Martin, unruffleable"? <laughs> no. Opti too much optimism, I think they'd describe really? me as having. Yeah, I would be an optimist by nature. Um, uh, uh, I can think of reasons, all the reasons to do things rather than the reasons for not doing them. Um, but I think you need you need a balance of, of uh, realism and optimism in any business. Um, and I'm probably at one end of the spectrum. Stay with me with Paul Martin, my business shaper, who's definitely at the end of the optimistic spectrum. And it's a nice place to be. Time for some more music. This is Candace Springs with Thought It Would Be Easier. That was Candace Springs with Thought It Would Be Easier. Martin Watts is my business shaper, director of Seller Trends, and they're the independent wine and spirits business, and he's built this business up into now a £36 million turnover business with around 80 people minimum. That's a lot of people, and we, I mentioned team before and building it. And as you get bigger, how do you continue to instill the Magnificent Seven's way of doing business, the culture that you wanted to create? What's the secret to that? Uh, I think you treat people like you want to be treated yourself as a starting point um we also try and uh, when we started um i was uh, uh late 50s uh, and i thought well i got maybe 10 years working life left i want to have some fun um yeah, there was no point in not enjoying it um but when you sit and think about it if you even if you start in a business relatively young you still want to enjoy it. It's a big proportion of your day. Um, so you want people to enjoy enjoy what they're doing, and we try and instill a, a, a sense of enjoyment. The drinks business, we don't just sell alcohol. 
we sell a whole entertainment uh, uh, package around the, around the drink. Drink isn't the, the end result. It's having a good night out and being able to go home and say, I enjoyed that night, um, in which the brands of uh, drink we sell are part and parcel of that. You mentioned the late 50s thing as well, when you started, and there are many people that start in their first business, you know, they're age 12 and they have an idea, 15, 16, 17, I interview many people who have worked in corporate life for two or three years. Could you have started without all the experience you had for you? I would doubt it, not for me personally in doing what I'm doing. Um, the marketing disciplines which I learnt as a uh, graduate trainee um, were the foundations of what I do today. Um, and uh, I think every, everybody is different, every, every uh, um, generation is different. Um, but for me personally, I don't think I could have done that. And no ideas. You don't look like you're going to retire, Martin. No. Um, I get a kick, a buzz, a, 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 a burst of adrenaline when one of the team does something great. Um, and, you know, that keeps you, keeps you going. And if you don't enjoy it at the end of the day, then, yeah, you might retire. Final chat coming up with Martin. Um, plus, we'll be playing a track from the Israeli bassist Avishai Cohen. That's after the latest Traffic and Travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Kondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Avishai Cohen with Lost Tribe. Uh, just for a few more minutes, Martin Watts is my business shaper, and we've been talking about all sorts of things, uh, starting a bit later than many entrepreneurs uh, do, but actually for you, Martin, as you said, it, you couldn't have done it the, the other way. It strikes me also that your your desire to set the business up was more about the cold light of day and the opportunity than it was about some raving ambition to be the man. Absolutely. The ambition now that you have, again, when you talk, you talk very humbly about what I get excited when there's a team member that comes, that does something brilliant and we celebrate it and so on. Where will it go? You said you're not retiring anytime, so you don't look like you're going to be doing that. Um, what is your ambition for the next five years? How will the shape of this business emerge? I think the, uh, the industry has been uh, characterised by uh, major companies wanting to do their own thing at the moment and setting up their own companies. Um, a, a number of brands which we've been associated with, uh, Jägermeister, Campari, Remy, have all recently done that. Um, to us, those businesses are too small to be uh, a sensible economic size. Um, and I think there will be a fallout over the next four or five years with brands coming back to distributors. Um, and there will always be medium-sized brands who can't afford to do their own thing. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of potential both in beers, wines and spirits um, and in, in cocktail ingredients like uh, um, the finest core cocktail range we've got. Um, so I can see that evolving. Um, I've got family in the business. Um, and uh, I suppose an ambition I have is to be able to retire at some stage and knowing that they've got an economically sound business to run. The cocktail thing just intrigues me because you obviously you have over the years spotted trends or even created trends. 
I never know where they come from, like most people probably listening will go, well, how did it become that the Negroni in certain parts of town in London became big, or wherever it is in the world, in Miami or wherever it might be? Are you to blame for this? I mean, are you responsible? Or are you merely, as you said at the beginning, in the good way, I mean, to blame? Are you following the consumer and picking up what looks interesting and then exploding it out? What? How does I, it? Emerge? I think that's a very that's a very good uh, description. I think you, you do tr- follow trends in cocktails. Um, there are there's a, a strong trend at the moment, and uh, Negroni with Campari in it is a, uh, um, a traditional drink which is very popular right now. Um, uh, old fashioned with uh, bourbon, uh, Rebel Yell bourbon, for instance, in it uh, uh, is a is a another a standby. But there's also lots and lots of uh, creative and inventive bartenders who are out there trying to create their own little cocktail drink, and we help stimulate that. We've got guys working for us who focus on the the brands of alcohol we serve, but in in uh, a way which uses the cocktail mixes and which make things different. And yes, you're always going to get the standbys on your drinks menu. You know, uh, we will we will push uh, pina coladas because we've got Coco Real, uh, one of the top coconut ingredients. So they're standbys, but you're also going to get the the sort of the herbal ones, etc., cetera, mm. etc. Cetera. Just before we go, because we're going we're to run out of time pretty quickly, um, I'm going to ask about your very interesting son choice. The money. We haven't really talked about the money. I mean, you've built this business. It's gone up in line with you know brands that need you. It's gone down when the brands decide to take it in-house and all that. Yep. Does the money drive you personally at all? Uh, yes, I think it does. I was um, educated and brought up in an environment in, in the Beecham Group where bottom line mattered. And, yeah, bottom line does drive us. Um, when we establish priorities in the business, we're looking at things which are going to generate cash. So, yeah, it does create the some of the uh, backbone of the company. Um, but you uh, personally? No, not particularly. Didn't think it did. No. I mean, that's what it's, it's interesting. You just you, uh. He doesn't look very materialistic in a nice, <laughs> calm, kind of humble way, which we, I've mentioned a couple of those, those adjectives before. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, and, I, uh, and um, I've really enjoyed it, Martin. Just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Within a jazz environment, it's uh, uh, an interesting choice, I think. I'd like to hear Leontine Price sing Summertime. Uh, Leontine Price is one of the world's great soprano opera singers. My wife is an opera singer. She got me in to see a dress rehearsal in Covent Garden uh, when Leontine Price was singing uh, Leonora in El Trovatore. And the dress rehearsal, there's lots of things going on people hoovering the stalls and banging nails in the scenery and all of a sudden Leontine Price started to sing and the whole theatre went quiet and at the end they all applauded and it was so moving because you had people who listened to great singers day in day out saying that was super and the choice of music summertime is a bit more jazzy than El Trovatore um, but uh, uh, Gershwin's a, a good jazz standby. Well, here it is just for you. Thank you very much indeed.
That was Summertime from Leontine Price, a very special version there chosen by my business shaper, Martin Watts. Talked about learning how to run a business himself by making decisions on the hoof as he moved around the world in his the first part of his career before he created his own business. Following the consumer, he said, what great and simple advice if you're going to run a successful business, whatever it is that you do, you've got to know what they want. And an optimist, really important and really important, I think, for any entrepreneur to be an optimist at heart. And I think that is something that Martin embraced and indeed is. Great stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place, for another edition of Jazz Shapers. That's next Saturday, 9am sharp here on Jazz FM. But in the meantime, there's plenty more. Stay with us because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.